Hello, this is the Hibla Minute. I'm Roy Mitchell, your host. Today's guest is volunteer firefighter, United Church minister, all-around amazing person, Svinda Heinrichs. I met Svinda a few times in Toronto through our dear mutual friend, Kieran Williams. Kieran was a community minister, and Svinda was working as a student intern. And then I met her here in Hastings Highlands. Love brought her here. She and her partner, a United Church minister, Marilyn Zare, are leaders in this community. Svinda is active in bringing her positive energy and vision to whatever she does. She and Marilyn are both active in Transition Town Maynooth and other local initiatives. Svinda is a stellar Zoom meeting chair, I hear, and I admire them both for their leadership. They were major players in organizing one of the most memorable and beautiful pride celebrations I have ever attended. Imagine starting a pride parade in the middle of a forest and it only being 20 minutes long. We could talk about many things, but what we're going to focus on is volunteer firefighting. We not only talked about what it's like for Svinda to be a volunteer firefighter, but also how things have changed here with the COVID-19 pandemic. I learned many things about volunteer firefighting. The first thing I learned was that a firefighter's apparatus is not a Swiss army knife. It's something much bigger and heavier. Apparatus means a fire truck or the pumper truck or some vehicle that they're using. And a second important thing I learned is that I'm a February. Welcome to the Hibla Minute, Marilyn. <laughs> Welcome to the Hibla Minute, Svinda. It's good to be here. And by the way, you're not the first person to confuse us. Okay. Um, <laughs> Svinda, my first question. Am I butch enough to be a firefighter? Oh, my. Uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. The main thing that you have to be able to do is put on all your equipment, be able to carry that around on yourself. So are you butch enough to do that? So I could, you're saying I could be a firefighter. Great. The bigger question though, is are you willing to rush towards the danger? Most people, when they see danger, they flee, they go away. The biggest part about being a volunteer firefighter is the willingness to be able to go towards the danger and into the danger. So that's kind of more a personality question rather than a butch question. And what month of the calendar would I be? <laughs> the month? Um, I'm going to say February. But, but Roy, the bigger question okay, is not whether perfect. you can carry your gear around. The bigger question is about personality. Are you the kind of person who wants to go towards the danger instead of run away. Most people, when they see a fire, want to stay back and not go near it, which is the exactly appropriate response to have. If you want to be a firefighter, though, you want to be able to go towards the fire and maybe even into the fire. And that's a different kind of personality trait that you need to have. So if you've got that, absolutely. Totally. And songs have been written about that. Yeah. Before we get into the whole firefighting thing, I just want to ask you, how are you doing? How are you in Maryland doing during this time? Yeah, it's hard. It's um, Some of our lives haven't changed all that much. We're still building a house and that continues because we've got a, a small crew and they can be physically separate from each other. But it's just 
a weird, anxious time. Part of what we are trying to do is help people stay connected with each other and we stay connected with folks. But it's just, it's just weird. And we're just trying to remember that, trying to be gentle and kind to ourselves, because this is something we've never processed before. We've never gone through anything like this. So yeah, so we're just trying to figure out what's, what are we supposed to be doing in this time and how is that supposed to how are we supposed to figure it out i think a lot of people are yeah yeah i know we're all in the same what boat made, but we're all in different boats right now what made you decide to become a volunteer firefighter uh since i moved up here in january 2018 i was wondering how i could contribute to the community what how could i give back how, how could i make this part of the world a better place and then opal here in Maynooth, her house was on fire. And it was a Sunday morning, and it was bitterly cold. And I saw that the firefighters were there in the cold, freezing cold, trying to put out the fire. And I did what I could, which was bring them coffee and tea from the church, deliver Natalie from the Sunruns uh, soup. So I was able to do that and not much more. And I thought, wow, maybe this is something I could do. So I asked a few of them, you know, what's it like? What's it like being a woman firefighter? What's it like being a firefighter? And I thought, yeah, this is something I could do. This is something, this is a way that I could give back to the community. And what kind of training do you go through to become a firefighter? I was really lucky. When I joined last year in February, the new uh, chief had instituted a training program that actually started just in time for me to join it. So there had been training before, but not in this way. The training that we've received as new recruits was the same training. It's called the IFSTA training, which is the International Fire Service Training Association. And it's the same training that you would get as a career firefighter. And we meet once a month for the whole weekend, Friday night, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. And we do the same training, um, the same in-class training and the same practical training as a career firefighter would get if they went off to college to get the training. And as additionally to the training, so those are that's the, the core of our training. And then also we meet every week at the fire hall for about three hours. And one week will be like a maintenance check on the vehicles, on the apparatus that we use, and make sure all our equipment is up to snuff. And then the other week is actual training of um, doing different kinds of drills and practical stuff. So we do that. That's ongoing. How big is the volunteer force? And are there any other women? There are 64 of us firefighters and 11 of us are women. How is firefighting different in a rural municipality from an urban one? Like a career firefighter would have like several days on and then several days off where they can not think about being a firefighter because they're off off. We're on all the time unless we actually go away or are sick. So that's one difference. Yeah, we don't get paid the same way. We do have liability insurance. So if something happens to me, then I actually get insurance from that. So that's really great. Um, But big differences are in a city, there are things called fire hydrants. There are different grades of fire hydrants. Some are better than others, but they have water supply that's usually readily available to the firefighters. And we don't have that. So if 
we're fighting a fire, then we have these different groups of um, of workers, essentially. We have some people fighting the actual fire and on scene. We have tra- tanker truck shuttles that move water from our water source to where the fire is being fought, and then they dump it there into ponds. And those tanker trucks come to another truck, the pumper truck that is parked by a lake or a river where we have to get our fire from, uh, where our water from. Finda, Hastings Highlands is a big area and you're a firefighter located in the middle of it, Maynooth. Can you describe the area these volunteers come from and what they do? Hastings Highlands is a big area, true. And actually, while I'm living in Maynooth right now, I'm going to be moving to the Mont Eagle part of Hastings Highlands Municipality. I actually belong to the fire hall, which is Station 3 in Mont Eagle, so at the corner of Old Welsh slash Salmon Trout and Musclo Greenview. And our firefighters come everywhere from uh, the Birds Creek area, where Station 1 is located, to uh, Lake St. Peter, which is Station 5, to right close to Cumbermere, which is the Bangor Station, Station 6, and our station in Mont Eagle, Station 3, and the Station 4 in Maynooth. And if you've been following that, there's no Station 2. Uh, it has essentially shut down, and it was um, like in the North Baptiste Road area. So we come from all over the township and the municipality, and we service that whole area. And that's one of the things that's different from an urban center where when the firefighters are on, they live in the station. And so they can respond really quickly, right? They just jump out of their beds if they're asleep. They climb into their bunker gear, get into their apparatus, and out the door they go, and they can do that within a couple of minutes. For me, like last night, we got a call at 12.30 in the morning. It was for Station 1, so I was listening to hear, is anybody responding from Station 1? Okay, do I need to go to this call or not? And then I would climb out of bed, get into my clothes, and then go to the station, and then get changed there, and then climb into the apparatus and go to the fire call. That's how we service the area. And that's one of the reasons why it takes us longer to get to a call than it would, say, in the city. Because it's just we're spread out and we have to get to the hall first and then go out to the fire There are situations now with COVID-19, actually, where that's changed because only one person can get in an apparatus at any time now. So we, instead of driving to the fire hall, all of us, some of us take our personal vehicles right to the scene and then get changed there to respond to whatever's happening at the scene. And now the big question, how many fires have you put out since you started as a volunteer firefighter? And can you tell us what your first fire was like? It's That's a great question. So they're not all fires that we respond to, but they're, they can be fires. So I've been at 13 or 14 calls, I think. I was trying to remember them all, and I think it's been 13 or 14. We don't respond to medical calls, but sometimes we get, respond, we get called to help with a lift or something for paramedics. And so that was one of the calls I went to. Uh, yeah, I've been at a vehicle fire, chimney fires and the chimney fire was my first one that was last year i think in end of february like my very first call yeah it's the first time for anything i don't know about you but 
my response is like, okay, what's my role here? What am I supposed to be doing? Paying attention, watching, what are other people doing? Okay, you want me to grab that? I can grab that. You want me to get that? I can get that. Okay, what do we do now? So just watching it all unfold. It was great because we were able to put out the smoldering fire that was going on in this um, family's chimney and get it so that everything was okay again. And yeah, so that felt really great. And I've been to fires where they were in the in the forest. And so it wasn't really fire. It was smoldering underneath. The roots had caught fire and were smoldering underneath. I've been to an excavator fire in the middle of the forest. I've been to a car fire. I've been to a full-on structural fire, a couple of those. Yeah, they're, they're quite varied. And uh, open burn fire complaints, that sort of thing. Yeah, and those are just the ones that... I responded to and the ones that I got to there are others where like last night we got, I got the call but then I didn't actually have to do anything about it right so there are other areas that get serviced by other stations we get more calls than what I responded to in Hastings Highlands they're spread out between the, the different stations so if it's a motor vehicle accident or a snowmobile accident or what like we're called in for instance there was a snowmobile accident and we were called in there was no fire but called in to help get the paramedics into where the person was and to help them bring the person back out again the the firefighters get called to respond to those calls as well. I'm surprised how many fires you've been to. Yeah, we're quite busy, actually. 24-7, that's the gig. I'm glad you're there. I'm glad you're there. If we're on the road and we see a green light, what should we do? Please pull over. It is a courtesy. The green flashing light means that we are responding to an emergency call and we are trying to get to the scene or we're trying to get to the fire hall as quickly as possible so we can respond to that emergency. It's like seeing if you could just imagine that it's your place on fire and you're waiting for us to respond. Think of it that way. Just please pull over. We are not actually emergency vehicles under the Road Act but we're trying to help somebody. So please let us go through. Yeah, exactly. Get off the road. Yeah, safely. Yeah, get off the, slow down, please. Pull over, get off, you know, do it safely. And then just let us go so we can get to the fire hall and the scene as quickly as possible. Yeah. You're very gracious, Vinda. Now, we're no strangers to fire bans in rural Ontario. The forest can get dry and fires can happen very easily. But with COVID-19, things have changed and there is a fire ban. Can you explain why? For sure. We get calls for all sorts of things. And as firefighters, like the rest of the population, we want to stay as safe as possible and COVID-19 free as possible. So that means that we want to respond to the fewest number of calls as possible so that we are not exposed to other people as much. We're not exposing ourselves to each other as much. So some of the changes we've made internally are only one of us, I said this earlier, only one of us sits in an apparatus at any time now. And that means only one of us can travel with the pumper truck or a tanker or the equipment van at a time, and the rest of us go by personal vehicle. Our response during the pandemic time has changed quite considerably, and we want to be able to respond to the fewest number of calls as possible. When people burn outside, for instance, 
Some people don't think about the safety of it. Some people burn too close to the house, and so their house can go up. Some people burn a big pile. The neighbor doesn't know that there's a burn going on. They call us, and then we have to respond to make sure that it's an actual controlled burn and not something out of control. So instead of us having to respond to burn complaints and that sort of thing, if we just put a total burn ban on, fire ban on, then we have fewer calls to respond to. That makes total sense. You have to stay safe. Everyone has to stay safe. Don't have a fire because it's risky. It's just risky behavior. It is risky. And, and you know, when you do have a controlled burn, just to put this out there for folks, and I didn't actually know this until I became a firefighter. If you're going to have a control burn, a big brush burn, you want to get rid of some brush, that's awesome. A, please don't throw gasoline on there. That just scares your neighbors when they see that huge plume of flame go up. And you're also not supposed to put gas on your burn pile. Second, let us know at the fire department. Please let us know. I didn't know to do this. Now I do. Let the fire department know that you're going to do a big burn. Because then when somebody calls in and says, I see a huge fire and there's a big plume of smoke, something's burning then we can say, yes, we know all about that. And so we can reassure them that it's all okay. And then be safe about it. A, if you have a burn going on, stay with it. Make sure that it's well-maintained, that it's, that it's contained as well. Have it a good safe distance, at least 10 feet from your house, at least 15 feet. Make it more, make it more. Burn it somewhere where it's not gonna catch the forest on fire. Just have it out in the open where you can control it and it's not going to catch fire to anything else. And don't leave it unattended. Don't leave any fire unattended. That's really good advice. And now we've all agreed that I'm way butch enough to be a firefighter. So if I wanted to volunteer, how would I start? Oh, it would be awesome if you would volunteer. We always need new recruits. The first thing to do would be to go to your local fire hall, which is, drumroll please, Station 3 for you in Hibla. You can come to us. Uh, you could probably also go up to Station 4 in Maynooth, but anyway, and then talk to the fire chief. Get in, in touch with the, the district fire chief in Maynooth, uh, or sorry, in uh, Mont Eagle, Station 3, that's Bryce Robinson, and talk to him and say, I'd like to join. There is a, an application process, so you have to fill out that application. You have to go through a police check. A, you have to have your license, uh, your driver's license checked just to make sure that you're a safe driver because you'd be expected to be one of the drivers of the vehicles. And then you get have an interview. And then if all that goes to plan, then you would be given some bunker gear to start off with and enrolled in the training. I think I got everything. And you, you, would, you would be walked through all that with the fire admin people. Great. And then I'm in. Now, it's not lost on me that you are invested in helping people through your work in the United Church and firefighting. Do you see a connection? Does one inform the other? That's a really great question. For me, being faithful, for me being a faithful Christian, it's not something that is just a head and a heart thing. It's not something that happens just on a Sunday. For me, being a faithful person means living my faith actively. And doing that 
part of that is about be part of making my community better, trying to help those who need help, trying to be of service to people, trying to connect people and be with people in their time of need. And I do that as a United Church minister. And now I do that in a different way as a volunteer firefighter. So for me, being a volunteer firefighter is one of the ways that I live my faith. It's one of the ways I live out what it means to me to be Christian. In another way, being a United Church minister, for me, part of the role of that is to know my community and to know who's in my community and what's going on in my community. And I get to know that better as well by being a volunteer firefighter. I get to meet different parts of the community that I might not have ever met through the church. And a third way, being Christian is about community, is about helping to build community. And we have a church community, and I also now am part of this community of firefighters. And it's really amazing. It's, uh, we have a church family, and I have this firefighter family, particularly a closer-knit one within Station 3, because that's my home station. It's a really neat thing to have families in different ways. So that's, those are kind of three ways that they kind of speak to each other and interweave in my life as a person of faith. And is there anything you want to say before we go? If you feel that you are somebody who feels a call to doing firefighting, if you are one of those people who in an emergency, you are clear headed and you want to go into that danger zone and work with other people to help out in that scenario, please get in touch with the fire department. It's a really amazing thing to be part of. Yeah, it's not for everybody, but it's for some people. You make it sound amazing. It is. It's it's hard though, right? Like I don't want to make it sound like woohoo, everything's easy speezy. It it isn't. There are long periods where we might not do much of anything except training, but then when we're on, we're on. It's a really neat thing to be a part of. Again, it's not for everybody, but if it's for you, then you know, sign up, do it. I'm glad you're there. It is amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you, Svinda, for this interview. I hope we will be around a bonfire soon. No fire ban, no <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> oh, that would be really great. I am so looking forward to the end of the pandemic. Don't know when it's going to be. We'll get through it. Yeah. So everybody, please stay safe. Uh, keep, keep the physical distancing. Stay socially connected. And uh, stay safe with your fires, please. We will. Be awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Finda, and talk soon. You are most welcome, and thanks for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Roy. And that's it. Thank you, Svinda Heinrichs, for this and now for some music. I heard that someone danced at the end of a recent show, and now here's another opportunity. This is Sunbeam. It's the full version of the song from the outro music. It's from Purple Planet Music, a source for free music for non-commercial use. If you are or know any band or artist who would like to have their music at the end of the Hibla Minute, let me know. I'd love to play it. And before we go, I want to thank all the essential service people. There are so many, from healthcare workers, truck drivers, grocery store cashiers, gas station attendants, all important to recognize and pay better. But there are people like Svinda who volunteer, and that's such a generous thing. When we talk about essential services, 
I don't want to forget the people like Svinda who are doing what they're doing outside of a job. So to all the volunteers out there, thank you. And when you're headed east from Bancroft on Highway 28, check out the Owl Ridges sign. Thanks, Joe Bruni. It looks amazing. And if you're not near, I'll post a photo. Never forget the volunteers. This area would be much less without them. See you next week for another Hibla Minute. I'm your host, Roy Mitchell, but you can call me Mr. February.